For wine and youth make Venus rise the higher, as oil and grease when cast upon a fire. And in her own clear virtue, unconstrained, many a time a sickness hath she feigned, wishing to leave some crowd that, growing jolly, was more and more disposed to talk of folly, as at these feasts and dances where excess grows fast and often ends in wantonness. Such things make children turn too suddenly, mature and bold, as it is plain to see. This is a peril, and always has been so. For all too soon the innocent will know the ways of boldness being made a wife. And ye dames in your later years of life that have the daughters of a lord in care, take no offence at what I now declare. Ye have this government ye exercise for reasons, and but one of two applies, either that ye have kept your honesty, or fell once from the ways of constancy, and know the old dance fully, and have shaken such ill ways from you wholly, and forsaken them finally. For Christ's sake, then, I say, shirk not to teach them virtue day by day. One that has been a thief of venison, but with his evil skill and ways is done, protects a forest best of any man. Then keep them well, for if ye will, ye can. Wink at no faults they show, lest ye should find that ye are censured for your evil mind, for he that winks at evil must betray his trust, and heed well what I have to say. Of treasons none so sovereign pestilent as falseness— that betrays the innocent. Likewise, ye parents, it devolves on you that have your children, though but one or two, to keep them in your charge and give them schooling, for the full time they stay beneath your ruling. Look then, that by the lives that ye present, or by your negligence in chastisement, they perish not, for I will tell you clearly that if they do, then it will cost you dearly. Under a careless shepherd, though no coward, the wolf hath many a sheep and lamb devoured. Let this one instance make the matter plain. Now to my story. I must turn again. This maid, of whom I tell, did not require, she kept herself so well, a woman by her. For in her life might any maiden read, as in a book, every good word and deed a virtuous maiden rightly should possess. Such prudence had she, and such graciousness. Thus, of her goodness and her beauty, too, on every side the rumour sprang and flew, and through the land all praised her character— that virtue loved, save those that envied her, hating to see one living prosperously, and glad of sickness and calamity. Well hath St. Augustine set this matter down. This maid one day was going through the town toward a temple, her mother at her side, as is the way of maidens far and wide. Now in the town that day there chanced to stand a justice that was governor of that land, and as this maid was meekly going by, it happened that this justice cast his eye upon her, and he saw her with a start. And in a little all his mood and heart were altered by the beauty of this maid. And to himself in secrecy he said, She shall be mine, in spite of any man. Into his heart 
The fiend leapt with a plan, teaching him quickly how with cunning skill he might constrain this maiden to his will. For not by force, nor any bribe, he thought, would he attain the purpose that he sought, for she was strong in friends, and fixed as well in a firm goodness so incomparable, that well he knew that he could never win her own assent to yield herself to sin. And therefore, after great deliberation, he sent for one that had a reputation within the town for cunning ways and bold. Unto this man the judge his story told in secrecy, the man his promise giving that he would tell it to no creature living, and if he did, that he should lose his head. And when the shaping of this plan had sped, this judge was glad and made him merry cheer and gave him many presents rich and dear. When he had shaped all this conspiracy from point to